coming to you live from Parkview Studios, The Den. This is The Brothers Ketchup, a weekly podcast where two brothers come together and just catch up. I'm Sal Biazzi, and with me, as usual, but not always, Frankie Biazzi. Last week, obviously, we weren't together. We were not. We recorded two separate podcasts. This is episode 18, technically probably 19, but like, who's counting? Yeah, we skipped 17 by just making two 17 and a halves, which I don't think that's how that works, but... I think it was fine. Yeah. I listened to yours. I listened to yours. They were terrible. I thought yours was great, so thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> yours was good, too. But I was laughing a lot. You know, I was very self-conscious about it because like, I didn't listen to mine until after I talked to you, after you listened to it, and you and Rachel both made me feel very self-conscious about what I was saying about Lola Bunny. So when I re-listened uh, it to it, it when I re-listened to it, I was like, it is a wild take for me to be like, she's a strong female character. She's not a strong female character. She's a <laughs> not fucking, in the traditional sense. She's a bunny. She's a cartoon bunny. But. Who's like object- objectified for most of the movie. Do you disagree though that she's not like, she's hot. Well, I mean, I, when I was seven or eight watching Space Jam, I thought she was hot. Yeah, of course. All right. See, I'm glad. All right. That's all I needed. She's probably one of eight-year-old me's favorite cartoon characters simply because she, she was attractive, but I didn't know at the time that that's why I liked her. I was just like, I like this bunny. I don't know why. My pants feel weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um. All right. So, which is really creepy that they put that in a kid's movie, by the way. Like, why they do No, that? see, I don't think it's creepy. I think it's like... Something for the adults, you know? For the adults, <laughs> for the adults to look at. <laughs> you gotta bring your stupid kid to a movie to watch a stupid movie, and you're like, Get a kick out of this. There's a hot bunny. <laughs> I guess so. So, yeah, we haven't talked in two weeks. No. We haven't even spoken Correct. to each other to keep this podcast fresh. Nothing's changed. We have nothing to talk about. Um, If you're listening, the, Sal has some news. I do have news. So, my daughter, Rachel, I mean, my yeah, wife, whoa, Rachel, your daughter, Rachel. <laughs> gave birth to our daughter. What kind of family are you running here? <laughs> she gave birth to our daughter, Rose. Uh, she was born on Monday. 3-8 is her birthday. Um, Happy International Women's Day. Yes. She's going to be a feminist icon. That'd be just the... Her hair's it. already dyed blue. It's crazy. She's not blue. <laughs> you dyed her hair blue already. We gave her a tattoo. She's got, she's got a nose ring. We gave her a tattoo of, like, the no gender symbol, like, with the... Which is weird, because, Her pronouns like, are it. They, them. We shouldn't make fun of that, because we're not making fun of it. It's just... <laughs> we appreciate everyone. Especially thems. Uh, but she was born, and we're very excited, and uh, I figured we'd talk about parenthood for a little bit. Yeah, I've been very curious. I mean, you're, you're only a week into it, but I'm still curious. It's like, how do you think you're doing as a dad? I think I'm doing all right. Like, I'm changing diapers. I can hold her without really fearing I'm going to, you know, drop her or shake her too much or anything like that. I think that's good. I think she's when, been. I think those are, like, the goals of parenthood. Right? She's been really agreeable. Like, she doesn't very cry very much and she slept most of the time but she's only a week old so i'm sure that changes yeah. but for now you know it's been been good I do you say, know that they give babies hep b shots immediately after they're born is there a reason for it to, they want to eradicate hep b and their strategy to do that is by shooting as soon as they're born into newborn babies like immediately i told them no 
I'm like, I'll get it a different time, but I'm not. She's not. Gonna, oh, so she didn't get it. No, fuck that. Good. I'm not giving her a Hep B shot. Yeah. Two, uh, two hours after she's born, she's where's she gonna get Hep B from? No, that's I, like an old person sexually transmitted disease. What the heck? This is the stupidest way to get rid of it. I'm yeah. just kill the old people with Hep B. Listen, that's a terrible. That's also a terrible way to get rid of it. I'm not saying. I'm not actually advocating for that. I, <laughs> I'm so proud of you for for being. The dad. So far, what I've witnessed, my very brief moment, you, you're great. But I will say, I don't envy that position that you're in. With the vaccines. With vaccines. Like, well, they, I think they, it's such a hard... I think it's such a hard thing to do. Because you could get 90% of the vaccines, and just there are going to be a few that you don't like, or you don't agree with how they're given, when they're given. And, pe- and you're, if you even say that, people are going to attack you as an anti-vaxxer. Yeah, well, there are certain things. Like, the pediatrician we took her to, she had her first doctor's appointment, all went well, gave me the schedule. And on this schedule that she goes by, like, MMR is one of the ones I'm concerned about, right? Yeah, can't, I, I wouldn't. But MMR that. within six months, a lot of, that was where a lot of the issues arise. You also don't need to get it all in the one. Yes, yeah, so you can you break can them up. You can break them up. So, the, on her schedule, the MMR vaccine is until 15 months, which well, makes pretty, me feel a little better. Yeah. So, like, there are different things. But before she gets any vaccines, like, when they said the hep B shot in the hospital, I, I questioned her. I was like, why? Like, well, we just do. She didn't have any answers, obviously. She's just like, oh, you know, it's just a thing we do. It's just that we were told to give <laughs> just, any baby that comes out, we just poke them with a needle. Shove this needle. And as soon as they come out. Because, you know, hep B is scary. Yeah, I guess. Like, hep B is bad for your liver when you're 50. But, like, I guess because it transmits from mother to baby. But, like, Rachel doesn't have hep B. As far as we know, but I mean, whatever. That's not the point. The point is just that I asked the lady, like the nurse, can I have the the literature? Like I want the label. I want to see what the vaccine is. Like what? So she was, looked at me like I had three heads, but she eventually brought it over. I read it. It's not like there's anything in that label that's super concerning. There are certain things that it tells you about. Like it, first of all, it says don't get this vaccine if you're pregnant because it might terminate the pregnancy. Like right in the label. But, like, immediately after you're born, totally cool. So, like, that's concerning. But there's nothing insane in it. But a lot of it is mealy mouth language about, like, well, we don't really know if these vaccines have, but these people reported these side effects, and it's, like, paralyzation for, like, like all these things. It's terrifying. So, whatever. I'm sure the vaccine is fine. I trust science, all that stuff. But also, like... I trust I think that it's my baby's okay to, be fine. I think there's a difference between trusting science and questioning science. Or no, actually, I don't think there's a difference. Like, I think trusting science is questioning yeah, science. Yeah, you have to question science. Like, just... Sci- the just, scientific method is asking Yeah, questions. like, just taking everything at whatever yeah, face a, value is. That's not trusting science. That's being a sheep. Like, that's, that's yeah, that's just blindly accepting what people But anyway, you. I don't really want to get too deep into that. We want to talk about parenting. parenting. But, okay, but back to that... And parenting at the same time. Yes, you're right. Like, okay, it's kind of weird because I do want to get her certain vaccines. Like, I don't want her to get polio. I don't want her to get tetanus. Like, all those things. Not, I, I don't want her to get the diseases, I don't know. Polio is kind of cool. We had a president who had polio. <laughs> I remember reading a story about a little girl who, like, ran in the Olympics with polio. Iron lungs are pretty nice. Yeah. Um, but generally speaking, generally speaking... Uh, she'll probably get most of the vaccines that they recommend. It's just that I'm not going to do them like when she's this big or you know, she needs a little time. 
There are certain things that are on the schedule that I have no problem with. The MMR vaccine, though, at 15 months, I'm more comfortable with than at six months. Things. Are like you going to do the MMR and not break it up? I haven't decided yet. Probably going to break it up. Because I'm not... Okay, like, measles is one of the things I always go to with these vaccines because there's an episode of the Brady Bunch where Bobby gets the measles. And, like, the Brady Bunch is, what, 1960. And... It's not like, like, Bobby has a death sentence. They're like, oh, he has the measles? We all get the measles. It's fine. And and he, Bobby's like, oh, shucks. I, I have, have the measles, measles and I feel fine. And it's like, I mean, you could say, oh, it's just a stupid TV show, sitcom from the 60s. But, like, I mean, the attitude of the culture at the time towards measles was not something. Everyone like, got measles. Like, you're all right. It was like chicken pox. And now they vaccinate for chicken pox, which I'm not going to get her a chicken pox vaccine. I agree. She, she gets, you had one of the worst cases of chicken pox. I have awful chicken I have scars on my face <laughs> from chicken pox. But, like, that doesn't I'm mean fine. you shouldn't get it back. Like, I I'm think fine. it's good. Like, you get a little chicken pox. Also, like, like, I have, like, one scar, and it's really tiny. So, like, it's Some not people like... get really severe cases of chicken pox. It can be dangerous, but, like, most people are going to be fine. We don't need to f- vaccinate the world. Disease exists. Yeah, like, that's the thing is, like... How serious? Like, are we trying to eliminate every disease? Because like that seems <laughs> we can make a vaccine unrealistic. For yeah, I think that's kind of what they're. They doing. have that Doctor Who episode. Which one? Where oh the cat people? Yeah, with the cat people. That's like season two. Yeah, episode one or two. Yeah, it's early. But anyway, again, parenthood, <laughs> being a dad, it's waking up in the middle of the night. Well, we diapers. haven't been doing that. Because she's so she's so young. No, we've she's got we've got a nice system. So like, I'm usually I told you this kind of before we had the baby, but I'm up till one or two in the morning most yeah. nights anyway. Rachel is feeding on an every two to three. Yeah. By the way, schedule. you just need more sleep. This is before the baby. You just <laughs> need more sleep. But okay. So what I've been doing is what we've been doing is she'll feed the baby all the time, like constantly. But when she's not feeding the baby, she's gonna nap. And usually I'll take the baby. And I could be up with the baby until, like, last night I was up with the baby. It was literally five. But we obviously had the time change and all that other stuff. But still, I mean, I would have been up till four. And then she'll take the baby and be up for the morning and I'll go to sleep. But the baby is pretty sleepy at night these days. So we're trying to get her on a regular schedule where she's awake during the day and asleep at night. But now, that's pretty tough. She seems like she's a cat. Because, like, she's just sleeping 18 hours a day. And eating. It's and then crazy. sleeping while she's eating. Yeah, they, she sleeps a lot. I think that's going to change. I think that lasts about a week or two. And then they and then start, they start to be like, I'm kind of a person now. She's, like... like she's not a person She, yet. like, doesn't even really, like, know she's outside of the womb, I don't think yet. I think she does now, but, like, immediately after she didn't. She's like, I don't know what's going on. So this is weird. But she's starting to. It's it's interesting. I said this. We this is the second take because we stopped a few minutes in. But I said this before to you, but I'll say it to the listeners. I don't think that parenthood really changes you all that much. I think that just like your entire world changes, and you're just like thrust with a whole bunch of responsibilities now that you just have to handle as you are. So uh, the biggest change is like understanding that like Rachel and I are no longer that important. Like, like, hey, who cares if anything happens to us? Like, is the baby okay? Like, that's pretty much the biggest change. But it's good. It's a good change. It's nice. I understand that, but, and I have no children, so I have no experience. But I will say, when I first moved down to Florida, did I talk to you about this? I don't know. About the radio station? How, like, 
up here, I listen to New York Sports Talk. When I moved down to Florida, that exact radio station just happened to be Conservative Radio Network. It was with Dennis Prager. I don't know if you know who Dennis Prager yeah, is. Yeah, Prager, he's, you. He's a cool dude. Smart. It's like, I was listening to his show for like a month before I bought an aux cord. And one of his, like, he's very big on marriage. Like, he loves marriage. He thinks it's so important. And he talks about where marriages go wrong a lot of the times is that when a child is introduced to a marriage, mom and dad forget about each other and everything goes towards the children, which is a good thing inherently. But at the same time, you need to remember that your first commitment is actually not to the baby. It's to your wife or your husband. And those, you two have to come first. That doesn't mean the baby doesn't come first. It's just like I didn't mean everyone it. has to be on this like equal. Well, I think that it's at least in our situation, it's been helpful. Like I, I've taken a lot of time to like prioritize her needs, and she makes sure she prioritizes my needs. Yeah. I just think that I just meant in the more in the sense of like I, before you have a baby, really my concern was like self preservation. Now the concern is not self preservation. It's preserving the life of this little baby who's way more important because she yeah. has so much more well ahead of her yeah i mean think about growing up like with with our mom and dad like how good mom has always been and dad have always been like no matter what happens in our lives like they try their best to to do whatever we need be there for us and like that's you're now in those shoes like that's what you are going to do for this little girl yeah exactly um so it's been pretty great. Can't complain about the parenthood. I do think that obviously we're in the this is the baseline. Like yeah, this is gonna, gonna be, like be the easiest it's gonna be. There's gonna be a lot more that's gonna come in the next few weeks, but we'll touch on it as they happen. Yep. But for every, for everyone out there who's reached out and said congrats or thanks or all that stuff, really appreciate it. If you listened last week, we didn't. We weren't apart because of the baby, but it actually worked out because the yeah. baby ended up coming. Like now, the, I like finished recording, and then Rachel's like, "I think I'm in labor." Pretty much. The only thing that stinks with that is, obviously, I was in Florida. If you listen to my solo episode, and as soon as I got back from Florida, like literally, as I was pulling in front of my house, I started to feel like crap, and I was sick. Um, so I didn't even get to meet the baby until today. And if you hear it, I'm still like a little congested. Not COVID. And that's kind of, I want to talk about that real quick. Okay. Amanda and I have lived together for almost four years. In those four years, me and her have never been sick at the same time. Okay. Ever. We actually, neither of us really get sick all that often. Even just like colds. So, what are the odds that during a global pandemic, when we travel to Florida which is a state that's known for, you know, high cases. You're going to get COVID. you got to quarantine. Even though that's back. all just like it's misinformation. All, exactly. So we go. We're at a wedding. Packed wedding. No one's wearing masks. We come back. And we both get sick. And it's not COVID. We just both have a cold. You guys are lucky. Is it lucky or is it like... Did you have a fever at all? No. No fever. No loss of taste and smell. It... Literally, it was just sore throat congestion. That was it. You don't have a sore throat anymore? And sore throat's gone. I literally just congested. And I'm not, and I feel completely fine. It probably is like a little hay fever from the change of weather. That's what, that's what I think it is. Or sinus stuff. Yeah. Um, 
But I just think it's funny that like Don't get the baby sick, you monster. But I just think it's funny. Well, I haven't I'm not holding the baby, I'm just he looking at the her, baby. He licked her face. As I did soon as spit on the baby's <laughs> face. But I think that'll be okay. Oh my god. Um hopefully she's fine. Now, now I'm gonna feel terrible if you get her sick. I'm gonna be like, oh my god, I'm a terrible parent because You forced me to come over. Also, I did kinda of do that. It is funny, like you obviously don't want to get anyone sick, right? But because of COVID, it's become this thing where if you get someone sick, dude, you're a villain. I'm so glad you said. <laughs> I went, so I went to mom's last night. I have since I've come back. I had a rapid negative. I had a PCR negative. Amanda's had a PCR negative. So like, we do not have COVID. Especially if the PCR is negative, because everything is COVID to PCR. So, ex- so like we're. Like, we're completely fine. And I'm over mom's last night, and I felt so awkward. And, like... And they're both vaccinated. And they're both vaccinated. And mom was like, you're fine. Stop. And I'm like, I I was going into stores. I felt weird going into a store, because, like, I sound congested. It's like, if you're talking to me, someone's like, oh, this guy's sick. Me and, Amanda went, me and Amanda went to Walgreens to buy Sudafed. Buying a medicine <laughs> is so scary, because they're like... What do you need this well, Yeah, it's, it's so weird. Like, you cannot be sick anymore. And it's really terrifying. Also, some guy is flying a kite across the lake right now. That is awesome. Yeah, man. We see all sorts of stuff. What a cool there. neighborhood you live in. In <laughs> fact, right? I just look across the, the lake and there's a guy flying a kite. Who got, flies kites? you never seen anyone flying a kite. Did I tell you about the time I was, like, naked upstairs, like, in the living room and there was a guy, like, literally kayaking, on the lake? kayaking but, like, right... Was he, like, heading... Like, in my yard. Ten feet of the lake, according to the the like, zoning I have on my house, like the Is yours. Yeah, he was on your lake. It seemed like he was on my lake. I was about to go yell at him, but I was naked. Get off my lake! What are you doing out here? <laughs> if if the get off my lawn guy had money, had get money. off my lake. Yeah, I have a ton of money. That's why we're in this house. Yep. Um, but okay, let's change topics a little bit. Yes, because I have some. We have to catch up on a lot of things. That's why the name of the show is Brothers Catch It. We're catching up. I have so many ideas and thoughts. I don't even know where to begin with them. But I think first, I was thinking about this the other day, and came for me, came into my brain courtesy of a YouTube comment. Oh, okay. Um, and you know, whenever you find YouTube comments, like, oh man, it's that's where the treasure trove of wisdom in our society is, is like the comments of YouTube videos. That's what they say. But I, I think I found or thought of a good way to fix our government. At least partially. It's not like the whole fix, but I think it would be a good fix. Before we even get touch, get into that. Okay. Let's start. Can we kind of marriage the baby and politics? Sure. Sit in the week of, of having the baby, do you have a different view on politics? Are you a little bit more... Are you more angry, less angry, less involved, more involved? Well, I mean, I've been preparing for the baby, so like I've been thinking about these kind of things, like okay, parenthood via in this kind of society where if you listen to my last episode, I, it's amazing. I have a baby on the way, literally going to be born within twenty four hours of me recording that podcast, and I don't mention the baby at all. I'm just rambling about conspiracy theories and nonsense, and that's the type of person I am. I'm very in into, the moment. Very, I'm not in the moment. I'm in my own world. You're in your own like, world yes. of like. Uh, I don't know, political philosophizing, whatever. Not even political, just cultural, social, I don't know. But to answer the question, no. I'm I'm more cynical in a sense, like I 
I definitely don't trust any of these people anymore, and that's not because of the baby, but I don't trust the system. I don't trust politics. When I find myself, I'm way more angry at just average voters. Like when I see people commenting on Twitter and YouTube and they're still today, it's 2021. Like that's how I feel, you know, like all the idiots always say it's current year, it's 2016, it's 2018, it's 2020, it's 2021. And we're still talking about how good Democrats are and how wonderful, how terrible Republicans are. Like, do you not understand yet that there's no difference between these people and they're all fucking us constantly and society's breaking? Literally, like, uh, that's how I feel. But because of the baby, um, I've actually found it easier to kind of be like, put those people away. Like, yeah. Who cares? Like, them. who cares about those people? Yeah. I'm going to focus on the bigger stuff. Yeah. Like, I'll, just, I'll know. And you guys could, like, it's almost, it's funny because the book I'm reading, which I was going to talk about at some point. The Fourth Turning. I'm reading The Fourth Turning, which I heard about because on Tim Pool's podcast last week, which I don't listen to Tim Pool all the time, but I do watch his segments. This yeah, book came up and it was interesting. It's, it's a history book written by two historians where they're talking about cyclical time and how sort of these cycles repeat themselves and how time is more seasonal and all these ideas like that, which is something that I talked to you about in 2015, crisis points. Correct. I came to you with a theory about crisis points, how every generation has a crisis has about point. a crisis point and how we're entering we were due, We were due for a crisis point. This book was written in 1997, essentially saying that the crisis point, is and it uses the term crisis point. In the mid-2020s. Mid-2020s, about 2025. It could start as early as 2005, it shouldn't go as late as 2025, but there are other historians that this book references that say it could come as late as 2030 and as early as 2000. Well, I mean, if you look at what's gone on since 2000, I mean, and you, we're, and we're where we are, we're smack dab in it. It definitely seems like we're in the un, what this book would call the unraveling period, where society we've had our high and now it's time like things are falling apart. People are distrusting things. There's a, there's a big divide growing that's going to lead to some sort of crisis. And now we have the pandemic and we have wars across the Middle East and we have China's rise at the city these trap that seems to be presenting itself and all these things um, and I can't help but read that and on the one hand it's comforting it's comforting to kind of know that it doesn't matter not that it doesn't matter that we can the book and the book doesn't say that it doesn't matter the book is saying that knowing that these that this is true we can approach the way we enter these moments differently yeah and i think that's true and i see that the average u.s voter who's a, who thinks they're a democrat or a republican uh maybe doesn't know that but are how the society is kind of entering this moment and it is kind of interesting now that i have the baby like how it's easier to to let go and understand that this is you're just a small part of history and what's going to happen is going to happen yes and you can, you can try to fight it and try to wake people up to it but at the end of the day it doesn't not that it doesn't matter that it just won't have the impact it makes it makes it so that you can understand the significance of what's happening of what's happening yeah so like it is a bit it is bigger than it's like the individual growth cycle in the book references how you're going to be a baby and that's your spring then you enter your youth and your childhood and your young adulthood and that's your summer and then you 
hit your autumn and you're an adult and that's like the passing of the torch and i really do feel like i've put my time in i've canvassed for bernie sanders i fought for 15 dollars minimum wage i believed in health care for all and here we are and it's time for like the the younger generation of kids like if you guys want to try and do those things go for it but i know where the system is i know what we're doing and there's no way we're going to do it that way so whatever happens from there is what's going to happen but yeah I do know, I think I know a way that could improve the system that we currently operate in. Okay, I'm all ears for that. Okay. I like I like your ideas. I loved the anarchy rule. I'm excited to see what this is. Okay, this is kind of in the same vein. Everyone dies. It, but it's less about, like, okay, so the anarchy rule would be for the presidential elections, but this is for co- how to fix Congress. You know I hate Congress. Because they're awful. I think Congress, and this goes back, this is like a belief of mine that predates my conspiracy I hate the entire theories. federal government. Yes, but I didn't always hate the federal government, but like going back to literally my earliest political life, I've always hated Congress. Not so much the Senate, I like the Senate, but the chamber of the House, like the 490 members of Congress, however many it is, I hate them. Don't like the don't like the whole institution. But here's how we fix it. Congressional lottery. Okay, what does that mean? <laughs> it means every American citizen gets a ticket. If you are selected to represent your state for two years, you now are a member of Congress. And there's no elections. Like, it's just every member of Congress is selected by Dude, lottery. I'm telling you, I love your ideas. <laughs> and I don't know if it's biased just because, like, I'm your brother. But, like, that would be awesome. <laughs> like, we're talking about some dude who knows nothing could just be the congressman. You have to do it. For two. You get the full salary, though. So, like, imagine you're a truck driver. Like, because on the one hand, it sucks. You have to go live in D.C., you have to go make laws. It's like jury duty. Like you don't want to do but it. You can make it better. But you get to go and you get to give your you get two years to do whatever you want in Congress with two with a whole Congress of people who were also selected by lottery. Here's how we make it even better. <laughs> okay. I think we can make it better. Okay. I don't. I really like that idea. Now you tell me if my tweak makes it worse or better. Okay. You can only qualify to be in the lottery. As long as you don't have a political affiliation. Meaning, if you're either registered as an independent or just not registered at all, you can be in the lottery. Well, the concern would be that... Because what if the lottery goes and just by luck of the draw, 80% of them are Republicans or 80% of them are Democrats? Yeah, I, I understand that concern. But I think that as long as we make sure that no one can game the system... And it's just like a real pure lottery. It shouldn't matter. But I really like this idea. Because what you should do is like build one huge building. Like a like a dorm. Okay. Where they or, all sleep. Yeah. <laughs> like you bring years, your fa- and it could be like a reality show too. Yeah. That's a lot of characters. Well, like, it's fine. Be awesome. And I really do think they'd be more successful at passing decent laws than like actual Congress. Of course been, they would. Most of them have been there for many, actual, many terms. And I don't know awful. if you know this or not. Actual Congress doesn't care about doing their job. They don't do much. They're there to lobby and make money. This, and really what spurred a lot of this thought is this stupid COVID bill that came through the house, like filled with HR1 and all the other stuff that they shoved in there. But like you couldn't get $15 minimum wage, which I don't even want. But like I've been fighting for the minimum wage increase for a long time. Now I don't even think it works. I don't even think it's a good idea. But... I mean, we've been fighting for $15 minimum you wage. You still for, can't get. Since 2009, guys. 
Fifteen dollar minimum wage in two thousand. We said this a few podcasts ago. Would have been a good. Would have been great. But it's too late two, now. But eleven years later, guess what? You need more than fifteen. Yeah. So that's why it should really. I saw someone suggest. I don't even know where I saw it. That the salary you make should be enough. The salary you make should be tied to the highest paid person in the company. So, like for example, if you worked in Amazon, it would be like say 30% of what the highest paid person in Amazon works. Oh, oh shit, that'd be a much different thing. Yeah. But the way that they get stock options and all these things to CEOs, they get probably wouldn't yeah, like, help. I know a guy who, I'm not going to say who his name is or what he did, but he's CEO. Uh, his salary on paper is a million dollars a year. I know for a fact he was clearing well over 28 mil. Yeah. So like, so it, it, it doesn't work. really matter. Like a million on paper. But, I mean, whether it's a universal basic income or some sort of... It needs to be more than just $15 minimum wage. Because yeah. $15 minimum wage still isn't a living wage, still isn't tied to the production value of the average American worker, and a whole bunch of other things that this... We need to really prioritize getting the American working class back to single-income well, households. Well, not, not only does this bill not include $15 minimum wage, it almost... It doesn't lower minimum wage, but it effectively kind of does because of the fact that inflation's real. Like, we can't you can't just print money and expect things not to... The, the value of the dollar is going to change now. And so now you're not giving anyone an increase. You're putting more money into the system. Prices are going to go up, and people are still going to be making their same money. I was watching a... YouTube video of two movie reviewers. They were just having a regular... And one of them's European and the other one is American. And the European asked the American, like, did you guys get your $2,000 checks? Like, we heard all about that. And, you know, the guy was like, well, it's $1,400. And it's this. And the European guy said, what is that supposed to do for you? And it's Nothing. like... It's absolutely true. Like, what is... For, like, honestly, the government's now given us uh, 1200 plus 600 plus 1400 So that's a total... For the average single person who does qualify, you're making like $3,200. Where, over the course of a year where your salary has been absolutely decimated, it does nothing. But meanwhile, they're passing a bill with $2 trillion in spending. So it's disgusting. We got, if we get this check, well, we're going to get this check. So that's 1400 During Trump's time, what did we get? We got a 1200 and a 600 You got 1800 Eight In total? Yeah. Okay. So 18 and then 14. Over the course of a year. That's where the it. government has killed your job and your economy. That's it. Now, if you're, if you're in a, a situation where, like, you didn't lose your job, you're making okay money, okay, great. But, like, I'm not going to, like, for me personally, that money that I'm going to get, it ain't going to go back into the economy. Like, the way I think if you're going to do a bailout of sorts, the way it should work is, like, you want money that is going to go into the economy. My money's going to go savings, credit card debt, or whatever it is, you know? Like, it's not It's not like I'm just like, ooh, $1,400, let me go spend that money at a local business. But that's what they don't do. They don't actually bail out people. No. They bail out the big corporations and the banks. So, But I do think if we had a congressional lottery, the average person, even if, like, Jeff Bezos got selected... Most of the other people would be just be regular people. And even if most of them had no idea how politics were supposed to work, doesn't matter. Like, let them go take a They'll stab figure it out. It. Yeah. And, or they won't, and who cares? Who What's cares? the difference? Yeah, what really... is the difference? 
It'd be better because it's not being actively worked against us or subverted by China. Yeah, I, re- I actually really like that idea. Um, so that was that. That was literally a thought that I had. Um, but I also, I mean, I've got to give credit. I did see most of that idea was on a YouTube comment. It was a maiden joke where someone said, I think the actual comment was, we should have, like, we'd be better off if this were all just selected, if they were selected at random. I was like, draft, like a lottery for the Congress or whatever. But it is, I think it would be effective. Um, So that was one thing I wanted to talk to you about. I just think it'd be really cool because you'd have such a diverse cast of characters. I feel like that's an issue with Congress. Most congressmen are lawyers. Exactly, and government as a whole. Like, the government is not diverse. No. Forget what you want to say about it's a lot of white dudes. There's a couple black guys. There's some white women. There's some black women. But it doesn't even matter because they're all Harvard and but Yale. But they're all the same lawyers. people. Exactly. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. Like, they're all the same people. So, like, that's where I think a lottery would do and, you well. And the idea that you run for these these offices makes it so that the only people who strive to become these positions are very rare like look at marjorie taylor green who's like the only person in congress who's like just a regular mom who's like hey i don't even care like i don't even care what they think i'm just gonna do what i want to do and like she'll on everything she's done so far she's been alone which is why they hate her so much which is why the media spends all their time talking her. about how she believes that 9-11 wasn't the that she doesn't believe the official story. God forbid we have one congressperson in all of Congress that doesn't believe the official story of 9-11. It could mean the end of all of our institutions. Yeah, because our institutions are built on lies. And they're all so fragile. <laughs> they're all everything so is, fragile. They're, everything is a house of cards. So like that, Your mic is not plugged in. You are talking to nothing. Hold on. Technical difficulties here. All right, it's plugged in. Talk. Hello? Hey. I see you, Yep, it's okay. Okay. But yeah, I just... If you had more people like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, it'd be better. Like, if you had more people like that, I'm not even saying her beliefs. You could be on the complete opposite side you of the could spectrum. You could be blue and on. Correct. But just be not a independent and not a politician, and it will be better. Which is why Trump was successful. Correct. Um, and people still don't understand that, which is crazy. And but. they never will, because propaganda is very strong. Um, is there any more political happenings you want to yes, talk about? Yes. What? a lot. Because I've have, I have paid zero attention There's to so politics. There's so much. All right. The other thing, one of the other things, Gallup put out a poll the other day, and for the first time in their history of polling of on this question, the question of, do you identify as a Republican, a Democrat, or Independent, the Independents have reached 50%. Which means... There is a need in this country, and I don't understand when it happened in 2020 in the primaries when Andrew Yang ran as a Democrat. I don't understand 2016 when Bernie ran as a Democrat. There is a, or when Tulsi runs as a Democrat. There is a need in this country for a true third party, and I am not talking about Libertarian Party. I am not talking about the Green Party. I am talking about a true independent party. Jimmy Dore on his show had... Matt Brana on, who's starting the People's Party out in California. And they're getting traction. They do think they're going to be on a lot of ballots. My issue is, it's just a leftist party. Correct. And you need... You need a party that is a anti-establishment party. Yes. It can't be left or right. No. It needs to be true populism. Correct. Just like the Bull Moose Party with Teddy Roosevelt 
which actually ended up being subversive and getting Woodrow Wilson elected at some points, which killed the American dream. But that's fine. Like, but it needs to be something that takes hold where both people on the left and the right, because that 50% independent are not just 50% progressives who no. are disillusioned with no. the Democrat Party. I'm sorry. I'm in that 50%. Yes. Yeah. And like, we don't want like a Bernie Sanders party. And we don't want necessarily like a libertarian Trump party. No. But something that's... Something in, its, in the middle. And not a centrist party, but an anti Something that's willing to say the establishment isn't working. Correct. On the left and the right. Our party... We will protect the Constitution. We will protect the Bill of Rights. Second Amendment. Yes. Your right to live as you choose. Yes. Your ability to make... And then you could bring up the universal basic income. If you had a party that was anti-establishment, that was pro-gun and pro-choice, people's heads would explode. Yeah. But people need that. Yes. We're not... You cannot put people anymore into this left and right box, especially when you have a government that's split left and right that doesn't work. And I think and it's all is, corrupt. And I think it's another indicator that the fourth turning is correct and that we're entering or leaving the unraveling period and heading to our crisis period because America is having a real... Too many people know. Yeah, we're having a real struggle with our identity. We're trying to figure out who we are. And a lot of people are disillusioned with the left-right paradigm and understand that it's just a means of keeping us entrapped in this struggle against ourselves. Meanwhile, the richest people in this country control both parties and make themselves richer. This pandemic has made the billionaire class not only richer, but more insulated, protected. They have the ability now to... Look what they've done in D.C. They've turned it into an occupied state. It's crazy. So People were scared of Trump because they thought Trump was going to turn D.C. And now our congressmen and senators... hellscape that was impossible to penetrate. Our congressmen and senators live behind armed guards and barricaded barbed wire... And Joe Biden hasn't given a press conference in 53 days. No, he gave one. No, he didn't. He didn't give a press conference. Two days ago? What he was gave it? a speech. Yeah, okay. But it was a pre-recorded speech, and it, was, and it wasn't a press conference. He's never taken a question from the press since he's been president. And he's not going to. Aside from, like, well, so here's my that question. little puff piece where he was standing out on the lawn in front of the Valentine's Day decorations, and they were like, we love your dogs, so, your coffee. So and that dog ends up mauling someone. I had to get so sent So here's back my to question. Delaware. They're putting all these people behind these guards and these barbed wire fences. and They're stealing elections, maybe. How far away are we from full-on, no more elections, no more, like, these are your leaders. You have no choice. Because we don't really have a choice now. I don't know. I don't think that, ele- I think the elections are important ceremony for the in, for the maintenance of the institutions, right? Like, if you didn't have the elections, they barely have legitimacy. And but they that's know what I'm that. I don't exactly. I think it's one of those things where it's like, at some point, I don't think they're going to need it, and I think we're pretty close. I mean, I said it months ago. I think I might have said it on this podcast too. Like, I wish we didn't have the elections. Like, it'd be better. Like, it'd be better if they just came out and said, "Look, Joe Biden's your president. <laughs> Deal with it." Like, okay. All right. Whatever. Um, because he's not doing anything. He's not the president right now. No. I mean, he's the president. By name only. But, like, who, is he making decisions? No. Did you see Did you see when he went up there and said about the... I don't even know the general's name, but the guy from Raytheon who now leads the Pentagon... Uh, what the hell's his name? 
But he couldn't remember his name either. But like, it's Joe Biden's appointee of the yeah, Pentagon. Yeah, yeah. He just bombed. I did see Sy- that. He just yeah. bombed Syria, and he's like, you know, the guy who's in charge of the Pentagon, who came from the board of Raytheon. You know that guy. He's got it. It's like, dear God. <laughs> like, it's okay for me and you not to know the Secretary of Defense who's been appointed from the board of Raytheon. It's probably not good for you to not know it if you're Joe Biden. If you're Joe Biden, yeah, and you're like talking about him, and he's there in the room. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> but okay, so then the other thing you missed. I think I kind of briefed you on it last night. Is this but, the Marine stuff? Oh, my God. It's so... This is, like, exactly what I was talking about in terms of being able to let it go. Because it, a, a few years ago, this would be something that would have had me up in arms. And now I'm just, like, resigned to the fact that, like, we're a joke. Like, a big joke. America or just people? American citizens, people, the military, our country in general, like all of it. It's just a big joke. Tucker Carlson rightly points out that in Joe Biden's speech the other day, he had two female generals on either side of him. He's talking about how National Women's Day, like, oh, it's so good. We have these women in our military. And that's fine. Like, I'm all for women in the military. And Tucker said in his thing, too, like, it's not about women in the military. It's fine. Women in the military for a long time. Women fight in wars all over the world for all sorts of armies. But Joe Biden also said that, like, they're working on things like maternity flight suits and more combat roles for women. And it's like, okay, women, you don't need combat roles. Women, you don't need maternity flight suits. Like, do we want pregnant women flying our F-15s or jumping out of airplanes? Do we want pregnant paratroopers? Probably no, not. we don't want that. And the Marines, going back to 2015, have their own internal studies where they research this stuff. Like, they do this. They're like, okay, what is the impact of women in our... And they come to the conclusion. They found the conclusion. Mixed roles units, like units with women and men, are less lethal, less effective, and slower, less efficient than all-male units. Yeah, obviously. Like, the physical requirements of what these people are doing demand more cohesion the brotherhood you form in these roles is important and throwing a female one or two in the mix changes the dynamics 100 percent um kate from barstool she's former marine and she was talking about uh, uh she was doing a podcast and she was giving like her history of the marine and she goes through the training she's doing everything and when it comes time for her, like for like deployment, I guess, she doesn't get to go into combat. And she's a little upset about it. Like she wanted to go to combat. But then they call her up and there's like they have these special these special groups that are all women that do things that the men can't do. Like they they like they have roles that the men can't do either. Yeah. And it's so she got to do that. And so with that is like you're with these women and they pair you with women of the natives, and you go in to these areas with hostages, uh, hostiles, all these different things, and you're going in and you're talking to the people and you're trying to for- build these relationships. And you're gathering intel that the men can't do. They can't go in and do these things. They don't have but the tact. Even when there's a woman, because there's definitely women who are equally as physically capable of as course. some of the men, right? So, like, there is overlap. And some of those women, I'm sure, want combat roles. But the idea that you're mixing platoons and you're doing, uh, and you're putting like pregnant women in, in harm's way is insane. Now, if a woman has the aptitude, they should be a, 
a CIA spy or a, or a Navy SEAL. Or maybe they're doing, like, specialized combat roles that, okay, this unique woman who's incredibly physically adept and, and efficient killer can do. Like, we could use female spies. We could use female assassins. We could use female killers. Like, that's not the thing. The thing is, in average, like, army platoons, when we're, like, just in the shit, do we want there to be mixed roles? Do we want pregnant women in those moments? And the answer I would come away with is no. Now, I've never served. We have a brother who served a lot, but I've never served. Now, my maybe my opinion is less valid, but that's not the issue. The issue is Tucker Carlson brought this up on his show, that Joe Biden said something ridiculous about how the military is so concerned about diversity and making flight suits for women. Meanwhile, China is worried about making their men more masculine so that they could take over the fucking West. Sorry for my language. We're trying to resist the urge to swear. Meanwhile, the military then takes to Twitter official accounts, like generals and marine just the marines twitter account like they're coming out and bashing tucker carlson for his opinion like to the point where they're calling him boomer and shit that's so disgraceful it, and it goes to show where we are and where the military is like why are we have we been in iraq for 21 years well because the fucking leadership of the military is way more concerned about what tucker carlson is saying than winning a fucking war and we don't win wars anymore. Well, there's no winning that war, we're not, one. We, we're not in the business of winning wars. We're in the business of bilking money from the taxpayer and funding all these assholes who sit there and just propagandize soldiers and waste their fucking lives. Send them overseas, get them fucking killed or maimed or mentally fucked up, and then when they come home, forget about you them. You forget about them. Meanwhile, they're so concerned that maybe there's an opinion host on Fox News who's not concerned about diversity. We, If we ever, God forbid, and I said this to you when Joe Biden stole the presidency, if we ever found ourselves in a conflict with China, surrender. Don't even fight it. Just let it happen because we've already lost. I don't want more bloodshed. I don't. We don't need more war. Just let it go because our military has abandoned the people. They are simply there again, like everything else in this country, to siphon money from the bottom, put it right in the pockets of the top. Are, now you're saying that's the organization, right? It's yes. not the people. No, the soldiers are great. And I, every time I see a man in uniform, especially now, something that's changed in because, like, I remember in two, the early 2000s, I was one of those. I was a kid. Yeah. But I was one of those people who were like. Oh, support the troops is so stupid. Yeah. No. Now I see someone in uniform or I see even like Thank old men in those Vietnam hats yeah. or World War II hats. And I, def I always try and say, hey, thank you very much. I sure. think that's really fun. Uh, not fun. Uh, I think that's really interesting because uh, a couple months ago when I was at Dad's and I was going through his old Navy box, all this stuff, I have such a different appreciation for it now. Um, very much like you. Is I used to be in that same vein of like, Oh, support the troops. Uh, I used to hate the American flag. This country's stupid. I have such a different. The country view on is it. great. Yeah, I have such and a the different view. And people are on it. great. Yeah, and I remember, and I just I was picking Dad's brain, asking him questions, cause like, I wish. Well, I, I guess I don't wish. I don't wish I would have served. I, I still don't think I would have went that route. I tried to go in the Air Force once, but and never made it. You tried to be a police officer too. Didn't make that either. Never gonna <laughs> tell that story on the podcast. Um, but yeah, I just have a different appreciation for it. And I'm in the same boat as you where like, I will now be like, Hey, thank you for your service. Like yeah. I, like it's, those people, it's so noble. Those people are selfless people for the most part who have been exploited more than most people in this country. And that includes all races, all genders. If you've served in this military in the last 20 years, odds are you've been fucked. 
Mm-hmm. And you've been fucked and even for more me, so, and I And even more it. so, once you're done. Once yes. you're out, you've been fucked even more. Yeah, a lot of the time. Because they completely abandon you. Now, there's a lot of people There's a lot of people who go in, get a degree, get their sex change, do a few different things that they want to do, get out, get a pension. That's fine. They deserve it if, they, if that's what they wanted to do. I know two girls who went into the military strictly just to travel. Yeah, people do that. After high school, they went, they joined the Air Force. So it's they not, get trained to do these incredible jobs, and you get to see the world while you do it. Awesome. So it's not universal. Who cares about background noise in this podcast? <laughs> so it's not universal. But I will say, generally though, even the, those people come out with baggage that... Of course. ...is unfortunate. And to be honest, in a way, we need that, Right? Like, if we were honest, excuse me, this is burp. If we were honestly trying to win wars, and if we were honestly ready... If we were trying to win wars, we would have won the war. But if we were honestly, like, concerned about the strength of our military and how how fu- furious and fierce, fearful we can be, like, then it makes sense in creating a generation of just, like, shells of people and hardened killers and everything. But what it is is more of an exploitation of the underclass Correct. where you just create these, like, meat shields. Well, yeah, because if you look at the military, like, yes, the military is extremely diverse, um, but a lot of it are people who graduate high school who do not have a technical – who don't have uh, – they don't want to go to college, they maybe don't have the money to go to college or the inte- – I don't want to say a- intelligence, but – Listen, I went when I moved to Florida. I went to the Golf Academy of America. That the Golf Academy of America, for some reason, I didn't know this when I joined. But once I got there, it's all military guys because they all get out and they use their GI bills to. And they get to go back to school. Well, a lot of them don't want to go back to school. They can use it different ways, and you could use it there. So I was in a class of twenty-two guys and one girl. Me and two other people. So that it's the three. We're the only ones non-military. And I remember talking to this one kid. And he spent, uh, he's young, he's maybe 28. And he spent, I think, six years in the army. And I'll never forget what he said. He goes, I I hated it. He's like, I didn't like it. It wasn't for me. Um, Everyone I was with is like, was just stupid. He's like, I was around stupid people a lot. Because those are the people who go, not all, but those people find their way into the military. Because they don't have another path. And then what do they do? They, they get used as meat shields. They get used by the state. It's terrible. Yeah. It's absolutely terrible. And, and then it uproots families. It, it creates problems for the kids of soldiers and the wives and families of soldiers. And it's just, it's a big racket where the U.S. government over the last 21 years of our lives have been sending an entire generation overseas to fight a war that they have no intention of ever ending. Because why, why do we always boast about our great military if we can't win a, a war well, against... After Iraq. World War, like after World War Two, I mean, we were dominant force with China. Because we are, but that's with, my point. Is like we are. We could be. With China, but we is, don't. We could win that war if we wanted to. What China is doing now is intentionally emulating what we did after World War Two. They see that as a means of being able to beat us now. And while they're doing that, they're the ones who are propagandizing us. They're probably paying a lot of these generals who are going on Twitter just to bash Tucker Carlson. The fact that we have military commanders who feel the need to comment on politics on social media while we have a 21 year long war we are losing across an entire continent 
It's awful. It's so shameful. It's awful. While two of our enemies, right, we'll call Russia and China enemies, are strengthening their positions around the globe and challenging us directly. Our military commanders are worried about diversity and and flight suits for pregnant women. That is a recipe for disaster. Like I said, there should be no armed conflict any longer. The United States should withdraw all of our troops from every country around the world, close down every one of those bases, give them to those the host countries, say thank you for letting us stay here all this time. But you know what? This is a different era of America because we have lost the way. And until we figure it out, you guys are on your own. And it'll be okay. Like The world will figure it out. We need to figure our shit out. And right now... The people who are in control of those decisions and those people are are really exploitative. And they're exploitative of me and you, the average citizen, but more so the people who are out there serving, getting killed, getting blown up by IEDs, getting maimed. And they're left with PTSD for and, literally and nothing, awful mental health issues. For a lie about weapons of mass destruction well, after a lie about how two towers fell in New York City. So as I was saying about before with, with uh, Kate from Marcel, she said it. She said, once you get over there, because when you're in it, like, the people don't, they're not talking about, like, how messed up it is. But she goes, you know, you realize, like, oh, like, this has just been a 10-year-long a quagmire, a 15-year-long quagmire. It's not a war. It's not a war. No. And it it's will a, be it is a line of profit for the country. And it will be a war at some point. If you hear the dog barking outside, that's um nice ambient noise. But yeah, it's it could if if we ever go to war with China, that'll be a war. And it might not be a war that we're familiar it'll with be because the war. technologies that we have now are much different. But China's terrain but is But I but there weird. are a lot of people who for some reason don't think that the millions of soldiers that China has and the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of soldiers that we have won't be used, and I think that's incredibly I, ignorant. I agree. I don't. Well, I thought we talked about this. Me and you, I thought talked about this, and you were on the other side. You're on the side of like, oh well, we won't really fight China, or like China can't really fight it. Like no, it was civil no, like, war we were talking about. I said it like, wouldn't look like that here. China's gonna. That's China. Or else they want to invade. I don't think they'd invade the mainland USA. China has technology that we don't have. Yeah, for sure. And that's scary because we're supposed to be. The, the leader in like military And their tech. focus is entirely on being able to defeat us. And our Correct. focus is on diversity <laughs> and Donald and, Trump. Yeah. So, so we're fucked. Um, <laughs> but you, you said something in there about like uh, how your view towards the military has changed. Well, something along that same vein that I want to talk about that's not, it's not the military, but I have a new obsession. Okay. Something that if you would have told me I was going to be obsessed with this, Two years ago, I would say you're out of your mind. Told me five years ago, I, I pooped my pants. But I am literally obsessed. Big game hunting. Oh yeah. But not like not like I'm gonna go kill a lion. Like I want to go out into the wilderness of bear. Alaska, Wyoming, Montana. Get a bear, a big moose, <laughs> an elk, and you, you you kill you, you get that animal. You. You, you respect it. Like, you respect that animal. You respect the hunt. Live off the land, man. You live off the... And you eat that meat. And you, you, I am one obsessed. barrel feeds you, you know for like Steve a month, three months? No. Okay, so he started uh, Meat Eater. And he's got a YouTube series. It's on Netflix now. And you can watch it on his website. And they're 30-minute long episodes. Or 25-minute long episodes of him on a hunt. 
nothing happens in these episodes. Like, hunting is nothing. Like, you're, you're tracking animals. You're watching. You're waiting for that one moment. It is so exciting. I want to do it so bad. I'm obsessed with the idea of, like, you get that kill. You, you gut it. You skin it. You bring it back to camp. You're eating it that night within hours of your catch. It's it's such a different and I I have such a different respect for those people now because hey, like I mean, you said about the military 10 years ago or the, when you were a kid about supporting the troops in the early 2000s 10 years ago my view on it would have been like oh it's awful but now I look at factory farming and I think that's the biggest atrocity that we do as humans and these people get talked about like they're the evil ones are you kidding me they respect the land and animals way more than any of the people who are out protesting i'll tell you that what about the vegans what are the vegans doing (laughs) what are the vegans doing eating i guess they're eating plants okay that's great i think that's a a noble way to go but if you're going to eat meat the way to eat meat is to go out and get your meat it's yeah, not I'm, to go to a grocery store and pick out your steak. I always want to go hunting. I want to get a shotgun, you know. So I'm, I'm in for that. Um, the only thing is in New Jersey, you can't rifle hunt deer. Uh has to be bow, which I'm okay with. I think that's... What? Since when is that true? Yeah. No, I, apparently that's the thing. You can only, like, hunt with a gun in New Jersey for, like, bird. Hmm. So you'd have to go to, like, Pennsylvania if you wanted to do uh, rifle hunting for deer and stuff. I feel but, like that can't be true. Look it up. I feel like I've looked it up. I feel like I, I feel like you could sh- you could hunt deer with a shotgun in New Jersey. No nope. slugs. I feel like you can. I think I've looked this up. For, but, but why would you want to? But that's not how you you wouldn't sh- hunt a deer with a shotgun. You can hunt a deer with anything. Rifles, shotguns, bows. Bear all hands. I know is all I know is bear traps. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. Oh, this dude. That? This dude traps beaver too. A and he big eats box beaver. with a stick that holds it up and a piece of fruit underneath it that, that they work. knock over and it that falls on top work. of them and keeps them enclosed. I watched him hunt a bear. He, they got a, a black bear, and when they opened the black bear up, what do you think it would smell like? Children. So he, they open it up, <laughs> and it smells like children. No, it smells <laughs> like blueberries because that's all they eat, and There's you just like get this like set like this aroma of blueberry. When you eat the meat, it's got like a little taste of blue. It's crazy. I want to do it. Hey, I want to do it. Let's get guns. I want to be the type of guy who's like, I've got my boots on, I'm dressed in camo, we're going out. I poured deer urine all over myself. Yeah, dude, these people are nuts, and I love <laughs> it. These people are like true men. And that's where I think it is, by the way. You have a desire to I get have a back desire to, to be like. I have a desire to be like roots. more manly. And I think like that's the way to do it. It's because China's coming. I just don't like what we've become. <laughs> Who does? Like, no it's one, just, it's no one actually does. It's but that's what I was that's saying. What I talked about in my solo episode last week about like the slippery slope thing. Where are we? We're heading to a place I don't like. So I'm gonna go completely the other way. I'm gonna go live in the woods and hunt all my meat. I've, I've been feeling like that for a long time. So I think a lot of people are starting to understand that society. Again, back to the fourth turning. Recommend you pick up the book. I'm only 50 pages in, 55 or so pages in. But I recommend you pick it up because it talks a lot about these cycles that we go 56. through. 56. And as society kind of unravels, we do, that kind of is what happens. We go in, we go in different directions, right? So the younger generation now, this really woke, these teenagers who think they know everything, who want to change the world for the better, because God forbid anyone's feelings are ever hurt and words are literal violence. 
Let them have it. Okay, we've lost. We have lost the culture war. I'm, will, I'm willing to already surrender. I'm done. I'm done fighting it. Correct. Have your New World Order globalists. Have your superimposed censorship. Have your big tech monopolies literally having more power than the government. You can have all that. Just let me live alone. Outside of your reach. Don't impose it on me. Because I don't want anything to do with it. I'm, I think that the only way we'll win is with uh, a resistance to participation. Correct. Like, decentralize everything. Oh. And don't give your taxes. Don't vote. So when I was down in Florida, I got lunch with Brian. Brian is our other brother. Um, I think it's only right that when we have a first guest on, he should 100% be the guest. There's like seven or eight people I've promised to be the first guest on the show. Well, this it would make sense because like he's a brother. It's like <laughs> okay. a brother's catch-up with another brother. Gotcha. Um, he's, Does he listen to the podcast? He listens to the podcast. Oh, they right. like the podcast. Hey! And Shout out. His views... He's like everything we talk about what we want to be. He is. He is like, that. He, <laughs> He he, hunts, he lives in the middle of nowhere. He, in hunts, red state he doesn't wear a mask. Yeah. Like he he does his he does his thing, and I think it'd be really cool to talk to him That's and funny. have him on here. We're wannabes. No, literally, I texted him yesterday because I'm obsessed with hunting. I said, uh, I said, do you hunt? He's like, yeah, of course I hunt. I was like, uh, can we can we hunt? Because like I'm trying to get in hunting, and he said he's actually trying to come up here. Oh my god, to it's hunt all a hunting trip in like the fall. So cool. I I told him like I'm, I'm like we're down. I'd be able to prove that. Yeah. All right, so anything else we want to talk about? No, I think you got to take care of your baby at this point. Yeah, I do. We talked for an hour. I do want to touch on the Yankees real quick because Aaron Hicks actually looks pretty good, and you know I'm not the biggest Aaron Hicks fan. Aaron Hicks doesn't look fat anymore. He looks like he's in shape. He, Everyone talks about Gary Sanchez being fat. Roped, Aaron Hicks was fat last year. I don't he, care what anyone says. He roped a double that I couldn't even. I couldn't believe how quick his swing looked and how compact and good. So. I'm in. I think the Yankees look really good. I, you know, I, we already went on this argument about Gary's, baseball. Gary's ready for a big year. Go what you're saying. We've already fought about But I still love baseball. It's one of my favorite things in life. So, Did you see the proposed rules that they're going to put into like the minor leagues? I'm afraid. Okay. So they want to ban the shift by just assigning people like... To the positions. <laughs> my idea! Yes. Maybe draft, um, maybe lottery. Congress is on the way. Dude. They are adding. They're adding a rule. I believe they're adding this one to double A. Okay. And I am so excited to see how this rule works because <laughs> okay. everyone was kind of shitting on it. Because like I think it's th- these are the types of rules I think it needs. They're going to increase the base size by thirty percent. That's good. So the base is just a little bit bigger, which means stolen bases are, are going to go up a little bit more. Beating out ground balls. A little, a little easier, bit more. But it also probably helps prevent injury. And, and that was the other reason, too. Well, back in the old days, they were just pillows. I think They were re- all different. See, we've talked about this. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. But the rules that I like are like, I like the idea of raising the mound or moving the mound. Or you can mess with the dimensions of the ballparks and those types of things. That's fine. Stop putting in the stupid rules. Like, you've got a you know, shot clock and stuff. Like, those things I don't like. I think adding changing the size of bases, that's fine. And there's precedent for that because bases have changed over time. So things like that are cool. Yeah, I think that's cool. Yeah. But I think the Yankees look good. I think Gary's going to be the MVP. I think that <laughs> Bold predictions. Gary Sanchez, MVP. Will you place Will you place a bet on? I'm placing a $100 wager on two to win MVP. I think you should place a wager on Gary. It doesn't Gar- have to be 100 Gary Sanchez will hit 50 home runs. Aaron Hicks will bat over 250. 
<laughs> which is my low, which is my bar for. But him. even if he doesn't, his on base percentage is going to be in the high threes. Oh my mid god, mid to high threes. I had, this game has been on this whole time. I've been playing. Red, I've been playing Red Dead Redemption again. Which is why, by the way, I said it's funny that you were playing it because, like, I just want to live a Red Dead Redemption <laughs> life. Like that's. Well, I do think that I belong in the Old West. I just want to go hunt. I probably would have died of you know dysentery or some sort of preventable illness. You died on the Oregon Trail. And would have you never been as dysentery. badass as I thought. But like the idea of just having a couple revolvers on my hips and not having to worry about the the law is like exactly not that I'm an outlaw, but like I just hate the government, man. I hate these people. All these people did too. I forget who I I keep forgetting all these brilliant people I watch who were thinking Barricade Garage, shout out to his channel. Uh, he had a great video that go, went up yesterday about contacting your oh, senator. Yeah, that was really funny. It was really funny. Uh, this guy, Young Ripa, I watch, he had a nice video where he was essentially talking about, like, uh, any government, as soon as there's a group of people who call themselves a government and they're making you do things you don't want to do, it's no longer, they're not a government. The government, because they're a group of people, doesn't have more rights over you than an individual would. And that's what the founding principles of America were. Like, the government doesn't get to tell you to no, do no. shit. The Constitution tells you what. Yeah. That's the that's the rule. And we've lost that. Yeah. So, like, we have to get back to that sort of mentality where... And that's what this game... I'm playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Red Dead Redemption 1 was one of my favorite games. I'm trying to knock out the last few missions I have in this game. But the whole theme of this game is the change between the Old West turning into civilization and all that. Civilization, the Industrial Revolution, Greta Thunberg sending messages to Ted Krasinski in prison because of their shared belief that the industrial revolution has caused the downfall of western civilization 100 percent agree like that's we have common ground like Gert Thunberg, radical lefty environmentalist ted krasinski psychopathic bomber who was experimented on by the cia it's not a conspiracy theory look up mk ultra literally injected acid into his fucking brain and made the guy go insane genius though believes the industrial revolution terrible thing not that it's a terrible thing, like, the, the things that we've got, like, oh, yeah, it's cell just phones are great. It just progressed us into... But humanity is not meant to live the way we're living. Correct. Governments aren't meant to be Do organized the way they're, they're organized. And people are meant to be free. And across the world, look at China, look at Europe, look at here in America, people are not free right now. This is an era, and I think on that note, we have guests here. Now that's a fucking podcast. Play the catch-up.
Coming to you live from Parkview Studios, The Den. This is episode 18 of The Brothers Ketchup. I'm Sal Biazzi. With me as normal? As normal, Frankie. <laughs> I'm back. We're together. So last week, if you are a regular listener... Wait, hold on. Show, you, missed, you forgot the whole part where you said, like, this is The Brothers Ketchup, a weekly podcast where two oh, yeah. brothers come together and just catch up. That's right. This is a weekly podcast where two brothers come together and just catch up. All right. Anyway. Yeah. Well, last week we weren't together. No. So it threw me off. I haven't seen you. Yeah. This is a true Brothers Ketchup episode. We're, We're going to catch up. We have a lot I to catch like up on. I feel like we haven't spoken in two weeks. We no, don't even that long. We didn't even t- talk to each other at all. Mm. We're also str- not true. Estranged. Not true. Um, I feel like we have nothing to talk about. I know. Nothing happened over those two weeks. Isn't that crazy? There's absolutely no new changes or differences Tell, tell in our, our listeners... Uh, we were on. We've been on Baby Watch. Are we still on Baby Watch? We are watching a baby. We're watching a baby. Uh, Rose Ling Biazzi was born on March eighth. Um, she was huge, nine pounds eleven ounces. It was an inside job. She is very special and wonderful. Um, so I figure we should start maybe with the conversation about now parenthood because I know you probably are. You want been, to talk about that. Yeah, you've been a week. A little more than a week. No, a little less than a week. I'll tell you this. Everyone always talks about, oh, it changes you. It's, it's that and the other. It doesn't change you at all. What happens is you're just thrusted with a whole bunch of new responsibilities and you just have to handle those responsibilities as you are. So it's actually not that it you doesn't change you. The it's responsibilities just, your change. Your whole world changes. Yeah. It's like, oh. <laughs> but it does change you in the sense that like, like you have this... It's incredible that they just let you go into a hospital and then, like, yeah, that's, walk out with a baby. That's what I can't believe from this whole thing is, like, I, I've known you my whole life. The fact that they just let you have a kid is crazy. I know. There's no, like, standards. There's no test. No. You had to take a whole day test before you could get married. I had to take three different pesticide exams before I could have a pesticide license. And then... Just, but like, a, if you just get someone pregnant, they're like, "All right, this is your baby now." You have I've to pay. It. It's crazy, and like, it's optional to read the books and stuff. I didn't read any of the books. I'm all for you. Like, I know what babies do. I think. Listen, when you talk about like animals in the wild, like they have babies and they just figure <laughs> it out. Yeah. Why we don't? Talk, why are we, we so this? different? Did we talk about this? Yeah, we actually, were last we did. Together, we were like we did giraffes t- and stuff. Yeah. 